Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always during this horrible, sunny, it's back to being hot again, day, co-host Alexander Voltz. Say hello. Still filled with fires too. You left that part out. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Last, I mean, last week, the clips episode, we went the whole thing about the fires. Still going. Still, and I thought it, it stopped, at least down here in Southern California. No. I, it's like for a couple of days ago, I could breathe again. It doesn't smell. And then one day, one night, I left my window open as I slept. I was woken up by the smell at six in the morning yep. of fire. I didn't realize how close I was to it until I looked at a map and I'm like, uh, pretty close. Problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is every album. Remember the podcast where we listen to every <laughs> single album in the world. One artist at a time. That's a new discography more or less per episode. And today we are discussing big star, big goddamn star. Should have picked up a few. Carl's Juniors or Hardy's, depending on where you live. Mm. Some famous stars. When was the last time we had Carl's Jr. and uh, or Hardy's? Uh, last week. <laughs> Didn't even have to think that I, hard. It's about been it. like 10 years for me. You live right by one. I live right by one. <laughs> I always felt cheated by them. No matter what time I've gone, it's either the people that were dicks. The food was like like clearly had been left out mm-hmm. the whole day or, or something. And also one time I heard the story. This has nothing to do with music, but... Don't worry. It's worth it. I knew this guy who worked at one of those food uh, inspection factories, mm-hmm. like a, literally like an assembly line of like food, leftover food in like their product that he like sifts through for, for, I don't know, abnormalities. And one day he found an abnormality in the Burbank, <laughs> Burbank, California, Carlos Jr. Don't ever go there. He said it was thick, thick, ha- thick hair, like that of a cattle. Oh. Like thick, coarse hair in the meat. Like it was a half-eaten burger oh. in the meat. And that is our Carl's Jr. plug of the Dang. day. We're going to get attacked for slander, maybe. Uh, but if you like Carl's Jr. or don't like Carl's Jr., but <laughs> also want to support us by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and fucking Spotify and YouTube, you can do all that. Uh, and uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture. There we post which artists we're currently covering. So you get a little bit of a heads up. If you want to send emails, DMs regarding that band or artist, you know, you could do that. Send any emails, suggestions for artists, etc. to every album ever at gmail.com. And of course, like every other goddamn episode, uh, there should be a big star playlist in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, we got playlists associated with every single episode. You can find them all at everyalbumever.com or you can follow Alex directly on Spotify, cut out the middleman, ignore us completely and just listen to songs, <laughs> which is always, always a good time. Uh, big star. So this is, this is a band that has come up repeatedly in past episodes. Yes. Uh, heavily influential, uh, specifically was it the, yeah, the replacements wrote yeah. a song about the, uh, literally Lisa. called Alex Chilton. Yes. Great song. Episode 27. Yes, and uh, uh, probably like Husker Do too. I can't think of uh, other bands, but for like sure, Elliot Smith was like another. Oh big, yeah, 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 very uh, influential. Uh, probably more famous for being the theme music to that '70s show. And here's the thing about that: I didn't know that. Oh wow! I had no idea. Yeah. Listen to the album. Just having a good old time, good old American time. And then all of a sudden. I was like, wait the fuck, hold on, come on. Also, the version on that 70s shows, it's not even the big star version. It's a cover. Because it wouldn't be big star if it was actually their version. Yeah, it wouldn't be big star if it was recognized as big star. Yeah. Uh, so that was that, the, that 70s show version is a what, Cheap Trick? Yes, Cheap Trick. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. That's funny to me. That, well, first of all, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So it's double funny to me because... Cheap Trick is like the same era. Like yeah, the same yeah. fucking era. Just go with the original, you dicks. Like, yeah. Okay, and also another, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but uh, there were two versions of that 70s show. Uh, the, the theme song, the, for, like the first season. Oh, I didn't know that. It was like in a higher key. And then the one later on sounded way more modern, way more modern, had like a different outro. Uh, Dang, I should have uh, Wikipedia. I'm not exactly sure. Show. Either way, it's not Big Star. I like yeah. the Big Star version quite a bit. It sounds like a different song. It took me it a does. second to really register that it was that, that theme song, but not at all indicative of the band. That's no, uh, I read a, I found a great article by NPR where they dubbed them uh, the unluckiest band in the world. <laughs> and I would say that's apropos. I don't know. 
too much of the backstory. I know there's a documentary called Nothing Can Hurt Me. Came out in uh, 2012. Did you watch that? I watched it a long time ago, and mm-hmm. I remember very little. But um, that's how I discovered uh, the the Chris Bell solo album, I Am The Cosmos, which... It's a great name. It's, it's great an name. amazing... Yeah, great album. And I think I've like listened to that more than like, really? big star albums. Interesting. Yeah. It's just, it was a name that always came up. I always figured, this is what I figured going in that I, I would hear the records or whatever. And then I would keep thinking, oh, that's Big Star. And that never no, happened. That no. never happened. It was, and it was really except disappointing. For the like, one wow. song. Except for the one yeah, song. Yeah, but that was like more of like I watched that 70 show. On, on a technicality. Yeah, technicality. Uh, and that was like, oh, that these guys really didn't get their due. These guys really didn't get their due. Like, I know they're respected now, but like, yeah. holy shit, these aren't, on, these aren't on commercials. These aren't overplayed. And like, like even Nick Drake. Got the fucking Volkswagen commercial with the Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah, he did. Got the, uh, but uh, yeah, Big Sur didn't really, they n- never got their dude, even though they were around yeah. in the 90s still, which we'll talk about. But um, yeah, very interesting, unlucky band. But um, yeah, they are definitely one of those bands that got recognition later on. I feel. Like there were a lot of people in the eighties listening to cool, obscure stuff mm-hmm. and through like through name dropping it, like a lot of these people got their dues in like the nineties and yeah, two thousands. Once again, another of your favorite bands, favorite band that we, we tend to just keep gravitating toward. We should have just called the podcast your favorite bands, favorite, favorite band. band. I know. Uh, it would be a little bit more accurate than us doing every fucking album <laughs> in the world, which we're definitely not gonna do. We're liars. Uh I like the hyperbole on this show. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be me if I wasn't exaggerating everything. Uh, so, not su- unsurprisingly, their big star is a very, very tiny discography, itty bitty, itty bitty discography. Uh, three albums essentially, and then a reunion album, uh, which so- I didn't know existed until we. I've mm-hmm. listened to the other three before this, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know that one. It seems as though they don't talk about it much, uh, as we'll get into. And I'm only going to preface this now because it is not an easy album to get a hold of. This reunion album, which came out in 2005, by the way, not a long time. I mean, a long time ago, kind of, but relatively short time ago, is not streaming. Damn near not a new. It's like some There's songs like, are eight. Yeah. And one of them is like a live performance. Yeah, yeah, not even on YouTube. You got to you got to dig deep. You got to go through some illegal nefarious means to get this album or you just buy it. But uh, from somewhere, from somewhere. Uh, but three records during their time in the 70s, 70s band. They're 70s band. Yeah. Hence that 70s show. So first record came out in 1972. Last one, like I said, 2005. But they'd broken up like 74. I don't fucking know when they broke up. But it was a long time ago. Yeah. So yeah. I would say 76. So uh, I'd rather talk about it now than later. Alex Chilton, he's like, he's pretty prolific, right? Like yeah. he, he went on, to, like they all went to do stuff. Yeah. That was more successful than Big Star, I guess, to a degree. I don't know if it was more successful, but uh, but he was active though. Yeah, so he like did w- solo albums. When they reunited, whatever time later, it was like it wasn't exactly like them getting off the couch and putting down the beer to get back into it. Yeah, there they wasn't were- a lot of. Uh, I mean, there were new members involved mm-hmm. because when they got back together in 93 is this him and the drummer jody stevens mm-hmm. and uh they recruited some uh guys from uh believe the band's called the posies uh i know that name sounds familiar but i don't know them uh one of the dudes i'm kind of jumping all over the place one of the dudes is uh i forgot to write his name down i'll look it up one later but uh he's Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins yep. is on over 200. <laughs> like his discography is like oh, this guy, the guy you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, so he's just like a, a session dude or yeah, he's like a workhorse guy. Oh. He, like he's featured on over 200 albums. Good. It's crazy. Holy God. Oh boy. I don't even know if we've covered 200. Al- no, no, we've covered a lot more than 200 albums. Yeah, probably. Unless every episode that we've done was two albums long, which it hasn't been. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've done that's hundreds true. and hundreds yeah, of albums so far. True. Uh, holy, that's kind of impressive. I'm impressed it by is. that. Uh, but let us jump into it anyway. This is uh, 1972's number one record. <laughs> 
this riff it is so 70s rock it's a great riff mm-hmm. it is almost identical to the beginning of I'm So Glad from Cream except, oh, yeah. except it turns into a good song instead of a bad one those vocal the vocal choices are so crazy to me Alex Chilton has the highest voice in the world. Yeah, and then on this album, um, you get Chris Bell singing sometimes too. And their harmonies are are just the greatest. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't think that was I think that was just overdubbed. I didn't know it was both of them. Yeah. yeah I mean there might be, but there are definitely two of them. is such a smart and unexpected return to that main riff yeah with those, those fucking angelic harmonies like oh that's a rock and roll riff i didn't expect it to go that that pretty they definitely build layers even if it's like subtly done all right let us have a little chat about this one also there's a saxophone on that song yeah that we didn't get to but uh this is probably their best you say this best? This is their best. It's the only one to uh, feature uh, Chris Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just sounds aw- like it sounds awesome. This was uh, one of those discographies where I had to think. I had to think what is mm-hmm. the. I had to de- define yeah. Yeah. the best. And I just think the playing, uh, the vocal harmonies. I think there's more interesting stuff they do later right, on. Right. But. I, I just think it's it's killer all across the board. I didn't think we were going to disagree with this this, but I, I'm surprised. Uh, this is my personal favorite. Yeah. Decide if you saw me typing earlier, I was typing in personal because I didn't. I just changed my mind like after we started recording. Yeah. Because like I realized how much, I, I, like before taking any notes, I listened to this album like four times. Like yeah. I, this is fun as shit. This is this is like perfected seventies rock. It is. One thing that I appreciate about this band is um, like it's it's seven, it's distinctively 70s, but there's very few cliches and what they were doing is not like instantly. Oh, this is unique, but compared to everything else going on in the 70s, no one really like yeah. They're heavily inspired by the Beatles, and I think at first some people thought they sounded too much like mm-hmm. the Beatles, but they kind of also very unique. They they took that, and also they're from Memphis. Didn't they, even know that. Yeah, they took that, uh, and this kind of like twisted it, and ne- most bands, if you're from the South, you play Southern, you play Southern rock. Yeah. Big star pinches of it here and there but mm-hmm. i would not call them a southern rock band at i all. would never have guessed also we didn't talk too much about how they formed yeah they are. uh so alex chilton who was like a prodigy um he was like 16 when he had his first hit i forgot to write that mm-hmm. down with what band but he approached chris bell to do like a simon and garfunkel thing <laughs> really which i'm glad didn't happen <laughs> um, <laughs> no kidding but uh, Chilting showed him some of his songs and he was impressed by it. And uh, he, he was like, well, I have this band already. Why don't you, you come in to the band? Like, we'll this bring you into the band mm-hmm. and we'll rename it and we'll work from there. Um, uh, before you continue, was it the letter by uh, the box tops, the box tops? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay, go on. Um, and yeah, it was, it's so weird. It was like this perfect partnership that lasted for for one album. Um, Chilton laid down the groundwork, and Chris Bell was pretty uh, like prolific around the uh, the studio. He knew what he was doing in the studio, mm-hmm. so he would just like polish the hell out of the songs yeah. and and workshop them and and get them to where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I it's produced to uh, producer uh, John Fry, I believe, mm-hmm. and but he's like, I didn't really do anything. Like Chris Bell was this a maniac. Interesting. Like, so th- I was running. I was trying to think about what made me keep going back to this one. Like I went back to it a lot. I just uh-huh. kept going back, and it's like there's something about really 
the, the, it's like so sure of its place in the world. Like yes. the, the, as later albums go on, they get way more out there and way more interesting mm-hmm. overall. But this one's like, it's so seventies rock. It's so well-written. It's so like, I don't want to say better than other peers, but kind of better than all their peers. Like yeah. it's just even, even like, for example, fucking in the street, which is the, that seventies thing. Uh, even something as da, 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 like it's so fucking like oh this is just a hard rock song but it, it's just so satisfyingly presented uh and children's vocals are they're almost endearing with how high and flimsy and kind of sweet they are like it, it's not a hard rock vocalist at all yeah they're they're up there again it's that's kind of big star in a nutshell where it's familiar but it's different yeah. enough and what Go ahead. Almost like uh, if you go to like a fusion food restaurant ah, or something, yeah. you're like, this is a hot dog, but there's a Korean twist on it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, this album, I think, definitely paced the best out of all of them because it literally does hard, soft, hard, soft, hard, soft, like with the type of songs. Like after Phil, uh, the ballad of El Gudo is so quiet and subdued. Mm hmm compared to that um 13 is a pretty famous song right yes that one is that is one of the sweetest ballads that one got me that one made me a fan that song made me a fucking fan first listen put a little bit 13 just for the listeners there it really uh before i throw it on it really does a great job of like capturing like when you have your first crush and like the innocence you have before the world destroys you (laughs) i.e. us now won't you let me walk you home from his voice sounds so good on here too it does oh god damn this is a song you could play at a wedding oh I thought about that I thought about that (laughs) Alex and Mike get old sell out and start talking about their weddings I know maybe Oh, not a dry eye in the house no. if you throw this song for your first dance. Dude, I was thinking about this song and the one I said before, uh, Saturday Sun from Nick Drake. Like, yeah. oh, those are wedding songs. Those are the best things ever made. Yeah. Too fucking good. Okay. Goddamn. So, so good. Too so damn good. good. Uh, what else do I, do I like? I mean, it's, it's all, like, even the songs that are kind of like, there's songs on here I thought were okay, mm-hmm. but then I would catch myself singing them. Yeah. Like uh, when my baby's beside me. Oh, okay. Okay. That song will, it, it, it creeps in your head. A lot of, a lot of their songs do that. And I was going to say like, even, even the weaker tracks, uh, they're so short and non-invasive because the pacing is so well done on the whole album that like, like songs like my life is right, which I don't, I generally don't care for if it was on its own, but just, the place in mm-hmm. time, the place in the, it's place in the album. I think the you weak, just, you just, you get over it. The weakest song on here is the India song. Even the India song. It's so dweeby and fantasy sounding <laughs> with those fucking stupid ass flutes or whatever. The hell. I know it sounds more like a Renaissance fair than yeah. India. I still like it. I, yeah. still, I think it's like, it's a thing that creeps up on you. It's yeah. like, it's so dorky, but oh, it's, it's endearing. Like this whole album is so fucking endearing. None of it. Get, like, one thing I really love about this album is that while you still recognize a lot of it as 70s rock, like we keep saying, no, you don't get any of the fucking ego that comes with it. You don't feel like these guys are oh, wearing a deep V's with their chest hair picking out. You don't feel like they're kicking on stage or grabbing 16 year old girls. You don't feel like you don't feel any of that from this record. There's probably a lot of ego in this. Probably set. a lot of all those things I said, yeah. but you don't feel like it. That's <laughs> yeah. what I like about it. Yeah, it's just really sincere and mm-hmm. and nice and also despite being called number one record it it failed shocking yeah shocking. um partially due because there was interest but the record label stacks records uh was unable to promote it or produce enough copies so like they got a good review in rolling yeah. stone which was a big deal at yeah. the time but the record company just like failed them and fucking Failures. Yeah. I, I well, I guess that's a thing. That we don't have to. That's not a problem anymore. That's, yeah. that's one huge advantage. Like, like the internet. It's so funny that 
that nowadays running out of shit is like the best thing in the world. Yeah. Like, oh, you sold out. You 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 ran out. This is perfect for your career. But yeah. Back then, it was literally fucked them in the ass. Yeah, it could have been detrimental to yeah. uh, to well. them. Well, rocking good time from beginning to end. It's a uh, it, like. This album leaves you wanting more Big Star. It doesn't yes. leave you craving anything else. Yes. That's one thing that I think this one did better than all the other records, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, uh, rarely do they play like Southern riffs. Mm-hmm. And if you do, it's just like a taste. Same with like, no, like nothing on here makes you think, oh, this is rooted in, in blues music. Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing about it feels any kind of derivative of some general genre uh which is yeah yeah it's just it was a perfect album especially for 1972 where like they're kind of coming off of the 60s and 70s rock wasn't a cliche thing yet Mm -hmm. it's just it's perfect for the time it was it was it's it's well done and it holds up uh alex's best my personal favorite now let's move on to 1974 radio city and that's kind of like a a, like traditional rock and roll thing, but it gets so different. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting song. It is a strange opener. Yes. Real weird opener. Especially coming off. Yeah. 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 Like I guess this, this riff. I wouldn't say there was experimentation. Go. Maybe with like the vocals, but not. I mean, the last director. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. This one, there's some some stretching going oh. on. Oh, yeah. There's organs in the background? I know. Yeah. It's good stuff. Dude, those drums. That is a yeah. fucking noise rock, ni- early 1990s drum beat. <laughs> That's a fucking tool beat. This is so, it's so strange to be in this, in the 1974. Yeah. Also, like, I'm glad that they went here with the vocals, because with those riffs, you expected, like, ain't nothing but a hell yeah, but they didn't go there. No. I want to leave it on a while, because, like, how how weird this song is. It goes, it goes so many different places. It just doesn't, it's a fucking weird song. Like, I like it. I mean, but it's like. I think it's one of the weaker tracks, and I think it's a strange. Really? I think it's a strange opener. It it is a strange. I will say it's strange, but it's like it's so out there that I was like, I wanted to hear more. Yeah. So I think it works in that aspect. It, it, you know why it also works in that aspect? It's because the follow up track, uh, what the hell is it called? Life is white. Oh, dude, it makes it put on a little bit of life is white. Oh, yeah, that's kind of like uh, there's some like old timey rock and roll here, but it this. Immediately, I'm getting 90s vibes from this so hard. That's probably a reason so many alt rock bands. This is so different from the opening track, and it's so driving. Like, fuck yes. This is. Oh, I love this song. Also, another thing to note this sounds absolutely nothing like the first album. Oh, this is a great riff. Oh. That's too good. Damn. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there is no uh, Chris Bell on here. Um, they would, uh, they were all very frustrated about the first album. They would actually get in like physical fights. Really? Uh, there's a story of uh, Chris Bell smashing uh, Andy Hummel, the bass player, his bass. And then, what a dick. And then in return, Hummel stabbed Bell's acoustic guitar with a screwdriver. Shut the oh, fuck up. They are children. He, sta- he they- stabbed his guitar with a screwdriver? They are children. Also. <laughs> That's the best. Dude, don't ever piss me off. I'm going to stab one of your items with a screwdriver. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Chris Bell is like certified, like insane. Like he quit. And then rejoined following number one record. Mm-hmm. And it just devolved into that. Uh, there was drug abuse going on, depression, frustration with the band, uh, his girlfriend leaving, and he just checked into a psych ward Jeez, as he as he should have, because that is rough. 
So, uh, yeah, I think he helped write a few songs on here, but he's not credited. Mm-hmm. As, uh, but yeah, him leaving has a, a big impact on their, their sound mm-hmm. and, uh, they didn't replace him. They're this, a trio now. Right. Um, this, where we were, we were talking a lot about how the last record was just so seventies rock and so definitively seventies rock. This is not, no, this all of a sudden they're just a nineties band in 1974. It's it's very, very strange. It's crazy. It's so, it's so ahead of its time. It's, it's, I never, I hate saying that fucking phrase to you. It's so yeah. played out, but there's still moments where, you know, fun, love and rock and roll, like mod Lang and stuff. Uh, but for the most part, like you get, uh, what's going on a H N what's going on. Uh, that's man. That is so like, like dark I, and, and kind of menace, not menacing, but just like, that is really edgy for this time. That's uh that's a good song and uh I'm I listened to it and I was like, Oh, if if you had Chris Bell still, I think the the like dual oh the harmonies, harmonies would have like Yeah. It's weird. Uh-huh. I'm I like the song, but yeah. also like, oh man, if You're just left wondering. Yeah. Uh what what else? Way out west. There's just a bunch of fucking great songs. I, I like Way Out West. Yeah, it's I great like song. the guitar playing on that song. Um you get what you deserve. Some great production on there that reminds me of like Roy Orbison, uh, uh-huh. Phil Spector sounding stuff. Um, One thing that's a sign of things to come is Morpha 2. M-O-R-P-H-A-T-O-O. Uh, going to put on a tad bit of that. This is like, as soon as I heard this, like, oh, this is the direction we're going. I am excited for more. Solo piano, solo piano. Yeah, it's more like a an interlude. It's yeah. like a minute long, and and the writing is so fucking old timey. I don't know how else to say to say that. It's because you like ragtime. I do like ragtime. <laughs> I do love ragtime. But so it's not so obvious on here as it will be later on. But it has like first of all it has the Beatlesy harmonized mm-hmm. vocals, but it's also very light on tempo and in uh in beat. Yes. So you just sort of hear this piano thing floating around. He's just singing over it. Here it's still you can still you can still count it if you you know if you tapped mm-hmm. your, your your foot along to it. But it's it's going this direction of like all right we're gonna throw this little piano thing and see what happens. And I there's not a lot of it on here, but. I do like that aspect of the band a lot. It it takes it out of the era. Once again, this whole thing is pretty timeless. Yeah. The, um, she's a mover is like the only, like the first song I heard where I like thought, Oh, I could picture this being a Beatles song. Oh, right. I, I, I did. Didn't think that that was one of my lesser favorites. Yeah. Sure. I, it's one of my favorites on here. I like the bass playing mm-hmm. on it. Um, I think one of the weaker songs, at which is also one of the most popular songs on here, is September Girls. Wait, put, put on a little bit of that. Refresh my memory. This feels like a boring Cars song to me. Yeah, it's very Carsy. Yeah, maybe if uh, Rick Ocasek. Yeah. Or even Cheap Trick. Or even Cheap Trick, yeah. who for some reason, some reason has taken Big Star's identity, <laughs> which is a weird thing. Um, oh, also, I, it's no 13, mm-hmm. but I still think uh, Daisy Glaze is a fucking beautiful song. You're going to you're gonna have to put that on. It is. Also ends in a totally different place from where it started, but uh, this is another one of those, like this whole band really is a is a band that I fucked up with with notes because I listened to the album so many times that I just didn't I didn't write down I wrote down like a handful of, of songs yeah I didn't take notes on every single song because I was just too busy like absorbing like, the whole thing like I just like these albums they're fucking yeah. great consistent things. this is a great song too. Like I said, no 13, but no, it's still no. a really good ballad, I think. God damn, this is a good band. Uh, but it, it, it was 
pretty blindsiding. Like I wasn't expecting them to sound this different one album later, two years later. Uh, especially to not sound like fucking any band really. Yeah. It's this. I think that's why I bought up the NPR article. Cause I think calling them the unluckiest band. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't feel like it's an identity crisis either. Like we've covered some bands or they they'll change their sound mm-hmm. or they start off one way and turn. And it's kind of an identity crisis. Like they're very confident in what they do, but it's just like no one, no one's fucking listening or yeah. paying attention and it drives them insane. It's fucking so sad. Like, uh, oh man, and the thing is, these aren't like complex songs in, in any kind of way. They're they're pretty simple. Yeah, they're uh, there's a subgenre called power pop that yeah. they are credited for. Who else would be considered power pop? I did not look into that. I cheap just, trick, maybe. Cheap, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's very very interesting that they wrote pop music, but it was not popular. popular. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. very interesting. Well, that's sort of what what the definition is sort of turned into over the years pop mm-hmm. is not really doesn't mean popular anymore it just means poppy or something yeah like uh i just kind of associate it with uh yeah anyway if anyone if you feel like anyone can listen to it i, I kind of mm-hmm. yeah it makes you feel good yeah yeah although a lot of pop makes me feel real bad uh but also one last note i'm in love with a girl so fucking nice and heartwarming yeah so god damn warm it's a it's a it's a nice hug that's what that song is yeah i think also um i don't know how old uh chilton is here but yeah he's also a very like young young man oh uh-huh. i didn't realize how young he was yeah like probably like 19 20. holy shit yeah. really interesting so sounds like it he's he's like a baby he's a baby yeah a baby Holy shit, man! It's that's that's actually scary. How much older we are than <laughs> this point? Oh god, we're old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never gonna make it. And now we're gonna die immediately after this is done recording. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not bound like we're saying, not bound by any genre or era. It's very ahead of its time. It's so fucking ugh, even. Everything is so balanced sounding. Everything sounds so natural in its right place. Great album. God damn it, like it a lot. Yes, yes. All right, let's move on to the last album of their time. This is a. Uh, 1978s okay third it's called third so but it had like a bunch of complications yeah should i well let's introduce it and then i'll get in the co- this is third 1978 this is a wacky name kiss a me kiss me it's spelled like pizza right? yeah <laughs> I love the drums on this. Oh, great drums. His children's vocals are noticeably weak on this song. They're strange. It's like his voice is naturally so soft and airy that this is a hard track. So it's it's like this little baby singing on this hard track. Yeah. Yeah. One more interesting note. You can hear it right now. And it's on the whole Strangely echoey. The whole album is so echoey yeah. on the more hard rock songs like this one. Sounds weird. I, I think that may be an attempt. I'm not sure. I'm just speculating. It may be an attempt to kind of recapture the like harmonies that him and Chris Bell had. Mm. So that would be my guess. Um, okay, so I'll get into the the history and then we'll, we'll get into other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the second album was released, yeah, uh, bass player Andy Hummel left. And now we're down to a duo. We started off as a quartet. They just keep dropping members. They just keep dropping members. So now it's just Alex and Jody, the drummer, uh-huh. who are... Uh, I think they bought in like studio people, but... Mm-hmm. Big star is just them. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the name is they were having trouble getting this one put out. So it was unreleased for quite some time. Uh-huh. Wait, be- when was it recorded? I believe it was recorded in uh, like shortly after Radio City and it did not see the light of day until 78. That is a 
fucking tragedy. Yeah. Fury so, is boiling, dude. Um, let's see. So yeah, because they were unable to generate interest in this album, they just broke up. They're like, it's just the two of us. Like, this isn't working out. Uh, so they broke up. Um, and then eventually it got released around the same time in the UK. The first two albums were getting released, and that started like generating some sort of buzz yeah interest in them but it's like they're, they're not around so it. this album was so unwanted that they broke up and it's the best album yeah uh pers- personal pers- favorite. favorite uh that's where the confusion with the name is because i guess they shopped it around as a few different names like third um sister lovers it's also known, yeah, also known as third slash sisters, sister lovers. I believe it has another name. So it was like, um, I don't think they like officially named it and like the label put it out as something and they mm-hmm. were like, no, it's called this. And so whatever it's called, yeah. it is a real interesting lesson. Oh boy, oh boy. If you go to the first album and then you put on this one, you are not listening to the same thing. You're yes. li- this is even the last album to this one is quite a jump. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, that opening track, you would guess like, oh, it's more. It's not too far off from the last album. Oh, oh, it gets it gets fucking. Yeah, it tears your soul out, dude. This album beats the, you down. Yeah, they're real adventurous and more in in vein of like Roxy Music or Sparks right yep. now, which they those three bands don't sound anything like each other, no. but just in terms of like wacky places they'll go. Um thank you friends. Yeah. Super sarcastic, passive aggressive lyrics, but it's just a pop song. It's a pop song with some of the most well-done gospel vac- backup vocals. Yes. They, are, they don't have Alex Chilton, but the people they did bring in yeah, are, like, sorry, uh, Chris, oh, Bell, Chris Bell. Yeah. But uh, the people they did bring in were awesome. It sounds like, awesome. A, like a, a full-on real gospel choir, and they they are passionate. Yes. Dude, it is. Oh, it's moving. Um, Big Black Car. Yeah. Haunting. Dude, it's this. We- it's first of all, it's gigantic and spacey. Like there's, it's, there's so much space. It's, it's weird. It's almost like a, uh, a double entendre for how the, the song feels. Yes. Yeah. Uh, wait, how so? Explain that a little bit. Just that, like you said, it's, it's big. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it does makes it, you feel it's very dark, dark. Yeah. yeah so, but, and it, but it's also still kind of, it's still very somber. It's still mm-hmm. pretty. It's not exactly like a particularly evil sounding or, or sad sounding track. It's still pretty like pretty. Mm-hmm. It's just the presentation is so fucking like just defeated. Like these dudes are defeated. They they kind of are. And then super weird, but still interesting. Also, I forgot to talk about it. Uh, Chilton and Chris Bell have a number of songs about religion and you get mm-hmm. that with uh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's yeah. this Christmas song with timpani drums. Yeah, it's like a genuine go- genuine Christmas gospel song. And it's like right after. Yeah. And then it's I got to say like it's not terrible if you're looking looking at Christmas music, but boy, I it's a weird this this album I think is paced pretty badly. Like the first few it's like what the hell is this what's it, happening? Yeah. And then as soon as also they covered your favorite band on here. I know. you're something very funny. Yeah. And this is how this is how true and passionate my opinions are on this podcast. I don't give a fuck about who you are. I will give you my thoughts as as I feel them toward the music themselves. Just yeah. the music. I notoriously, quote unquote, shit on the Velvet Underground horribly. Episode 17. Garnered a lot of hatred for that. <laughs> I hate the Velvet Underground. I fucking hate them. And I hate them because of their music. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Femme Fatale comes on, which is a song that I absolutely hated. Yeah. On you like, like this just, version. Nope. Hate, okay. it. hate this version. And I was just, I was like, this song blows. What the fuck is it? And I saw, I was like, oh, I guess I just hate this song. Yeah. And I don't, I don't just hate the Velvet Underground as a band. I hate the music they make. Yeah. And I hate this version as well. It's not that different it's from not, the, the Velvet Underground song. I, I'm, I wish this cover was not on this album. I really do. Yeah. However, after that oh. is Holocaust. Dude. Break out the tissue. Here we go. Oh, fuck. Damn, I'm just going to sit in my feelings Dude, for a little bit. The, the second this song comes on, the album changes. I wasn't expect This song is a baseball bat to the fucking gut. 
It's got oh. that crazy good uh, upright bass there. Sounds real good. Yeah. Fuck. Your eyes are almost you play 13 at your wedding and you play this at your funeral. I know. Oh my God. Oh, the pain. I feel it. At a certain point, I don't know if we'll get to it. The bass really kicks it up. It's already doing it. It's already doing it. Yeah. Bass gets crazy. More strings start layering on. It is fucking devastating. I lied. The bass isn't doing its thing. I want to listen to this whole fucking song so bad. Say you realize. It's a, little, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. Everybody comes, leaving those who fall behind. Yeah, let, let the bass kick in now that we've listened this long. Anyway. Yeah. There we go. Everybody goes as far as they can. They don't just care. God damn, that song is a fucking deal breaker. If you're if you're trying to hang out with someone, you put that fucking song on, you're no longer hanging out. No, That's it. Deal breaker. Yeah, you're no longer hanging out down the street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after that, I was like, I I was like, the, it should end. <laughs> that should be the closer. Be the closer, but it, I but I really like Kangaroo. Kangaroo's great. It's the closest thing they have to a psychedelic yeah. song. Also, another anomaly for being a 70s band. They like somehow stayed away from the psychedelia. Yeah. And it's just like, man, that's a cool song. It's it's psychedelic, but not in, not in the, the way that we're typically associate not in the way that we typically associate with it. Because it's it's way more space mm-hmm. in the production. There's way more acoustic guitars. It's a lot more dreamy. It's less like get high and, and trip out for a while. It's more like, like the space. I'm really trying to emphasize how much space there is. Like the, like the way I could Led Zeppelin, it. Yeah. The way Led Zeppelin has always done their drums. There's big echo. You feel like there's every member of That's the band. That's a good example. You feel like every member of the band is standing 12 feet apart from each other. That's yes. how big everything sounds. And it's, it's a great fucking sound. Yeah, this song is almost not a song, but it's still still very melodic. I saw you. It's very I guess it's a good follow-up to Holocaust. Yeah. In the sense that there's a lot of space. A lot of space and there's also some light. Mm-hmm. It sort of does not beat your soul into submission. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little glimmer of hope. God, that guitar sounds fucking great. It's great sounding. So, this song, it's so good. Yeah, because so, it's yeah. called Kangaroo. I thought it was going to be like a wacky song, mm-hmm. but it's not a wacky song. That song is a perfect example of what I was trying to mention earlier with, uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, uh, more for two in the last album mm-hmm. where it's like a solo instrument as like the main focal point in this case it's a guitar and he's singing over it and you're you're kind of losing the beat you're losing the tempo it doesn't really feel like a rigid structure it just feels like a dude kind by himself comes, comes into way yeah waves. exactly it feels like a guy sitting on his bed just noodling and yeah. singing. and that's i fucking love that this whole album not the whole album, but like a large portion of this album really feels that way um struggle noel also beautiful struggle noel yep Beautiful string section on there as well. Noted that exactly. Yes. Fucking fantastic. Yes. Oh. Like I said, the studio musicians they bought in for this are just amazing. It's almost ironic that they're just a duo, but a lot of people worked on this. Yeah, it sounds such it's the biggest sounding record. Uh and also what I mentioned earlier about the equity production sounding so so fucking weird on the hard tracks on tracks like Kangaroo and Stroke It Now and everything with strings, it sounds beautiful mm-hmm. like that heavy echo is is exactly what most of these songs need um speaking of strings uh for you goddamn strings in that song give me chills the yeah. song itself i feel like it's a standard rock song but 
when they come in, it's like, fuck, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> oh, this is a really fascinating album. It's so much more interesting than it is. I think like, uh, traditionally enjoyable mm-hmm. a lot of it's kind of spacing a lot of it's like gonna hurt your feelings the way yes. holocaust does but this one is where i felt like this is this is a band that could not have survived in that time it's just mm. this has nothing to do with 70s rock this means this makes no sense they're almost a band out of t- it wouldn't work in the 80s yeah. i guess I it would some work 90s in stuff. the 90s yeah. but not even not even then um I think you can't have me. Mm-hmm. That's the best drumming um, Jody's done. I keep forgetting his last name. S- Stevens. Stevens. Uh, great drumming on that track. This like you don't really get. Um, he's more of like a beat guy, yeah. like a glue guy, and then that's like the track where he really lets it lets it fly. And especially with an album like this, where there's a lot of just. No percussion at all. Mm-hmm. Like a, this, oh, this album's so good. Even the bonus tracks. I did not listen to the bonus tracks. No. You should have. Ah, uh, oh, oh, I hate listening to bonus tracks. So do I. But because this, this is case, short, uh, I'm like, let me get a taste here. And I was like, oh my god, like this might be the first track or album where I'm like. I think the bonus track should this be part of the album. Put on one of them. Put on one of okay. them right now to 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 make me feel and look stupid. Uh hold on. Let me Okay. So this is kind of hard, but I'm going to play you the track Downs. And this is twisty, noisy. It's almost like a Tom Waits song. Wait a minute. That's not part of the that's not the final track in the album? No, it's considered a bonus track. I know this one. I thought it was annoying. <laughs> I thought it was it, a bad closer. Yeah, more, yeah. More, more than, it's, it's it's fucking it's weird. Bold. It's bold. This it is makes a, no sense for 70. It's just a, a weird choice. Like it or hate it. It's, uh, it's a weird song. Uh, I thought it was annoying. Don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Think it's a bad closer. And it's not a closer, which now kind of yeah, makes me give yeah. you a new perspective on Be- that. Because uh, Take Care is would have been like the perfect song to end their career on. Take yeah. Care is an uh, excellent closer, mm-hmm. right? which it technically is. And then, but th- so everything after Take Care is bonus tracks like uh, Nature Boy. Woo! That's bonus? Yeah. Oh, shit. Then hold on. Then I did listen to a lot of god damn it i fucking hate streaming yes, hate streaming yes. it just and i sp- there's like a million versions of this album on apple music or spotify there, there's this a million versions yep. of this album in so general i went to the one that had no subtitles no after t- no no yeah. parentheses i was like mm-hmm. okay this has got to be it and then i think it lines up with because i also cross-referenced that to something on wikipedia with the, the closest thing i could find the, it yeah so te- whatever Point is, Nature Boy is fucking woo, awesome. It is. It's. It's. Uh, we're doing the Ric Flair woos, but it is a beautiful song, though. That song, uh, I wrote that it's so up my alley. It's ridiculous. That was what I wanted from Morpha Two. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that's, that's the song. That's the song. Put on fuck. God damn it. <laughs> okay. I would even take this as a uh, a closer. Yeah, for sure. It's very creepy, very flowy. Like I said, no tempo, no or no tempo, no there tempo consistency. It's just a guy with a piano. A very strange enchanted boy. Yep, down the street, <laughs> same old thing they we did last week. Of course, the song about Ric Flair. Of course, no. Fucking Oh, this is a terrifying song. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, that album will fuck you up. And yeah. uh I feel like we covered the the darker places that album goes, but there's yeah. still pop songs. They, oh, yeah, there are definitely pop songs. Fucking uh to the end of the day, I think it's one of the best rockers. Yeah. I think it's a great song. Very it's so damn straightforward. It is it, not at all like the shit we put on. It sounds more like a hippie track. Mm. 
Also, uh, jumping the gun a little here. I didn't do much. <laughs> what happened? For the uh, the next album, I may have to YouTube the uh, the opening track. Yeah. Oh, you didn't save it into your phone? No, I was just doing it on the computer, and now I just realized. Oh, I need that. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. I have it on my phone, but it's literally filming us, <laughs> yes. and I have it on my laptop. But to you would think it would be a simple plug it in, but it, no, 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 I got to open we, up a separate program. We to, got a whole system going here. All right. But while he pulls that up, I will slowly introduce. This is the reunion album. Years later, people discovered that, hey, this band is actually good. Maybe we should have given them some recognition. And they said, you know what? You're old men now, but you're going to record another album anyway. And yes. They said, and yeah, you got it, daddy-o. And they went into the studio and they recorded 2005's in space. The way you stand there. So I put this off for the first time. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I get it. I like this. This is not this is like this is a hooky little hooky little straightforward indie rock. He doesn't sound old. Yeah. He finally sounds like a regular, like, 25-year-old. Something felt wrong to me. I could tell there was a uh, disturbance in the force. Clearly, you weren't going to get another third. No. I knew that. But I'm hearing this, I was like, I could could like this. Okay. And this this is a great, great course. Yeah. And, And it also doesn't sound like... With this song, it's not like they're trying to relive the 70s because they never did. They never lived the 70s, really. So this sounds like a fucking 90s rock song. All right, I get behind that. And then, and then the rest of the album comes. Hey, Alex, what what are what we and the rest of the world feel about this one? Worst, uh, least favorite. Um, so we talked about it earlier, but they reunited uh, Chilton and Jody Stevens in 93. They're touring, playing. I think they played up until like 2009, mm. even. Um, Hummel declined. I feel like I, I glanced over um, when Chris Bell died, but Chris Bell... Uh, died in a car accident oh, in, in 78 when the last record came really? out. Really? Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, and he wasn't drunk. He didn't, he wasn't drunk. He didn't have drugs in his system. They think he probably fell asleep at the wheel uh-huh, uh-huh. or he just got distracted. Um, so yeah, it's this Chilton and, uh, and Jody mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. They're doing enough shows and they think, hey, uh, why don't we give this uh, album thing another try, yeah. which they shouldn't have done. So this is this is the thing I, th- I thought about this one. When going into it, like we all know this is the worst. Like we, we know it's the reunion album. They're fucking old now. We know. Yes. Mike, what I was going to was like, how much the worst could it be? How much the worst could it be? And then. I hear that song, the opening track, uh, Dony or whatever the hell, however it's pronounced, mm-hmm. D-O-N-Y. I was like, that's pretty hooky. That's pretty, it's not like revolutionary. It's not going to be best. I was like, sure. it's pretty cool. And then Lady Sweet comes out. I was like, hold on. That's a good fucking song. Th- I'm starting, this isn't bad at all. And then the third song, I was like, all right, uh, was it best chance we've ever had? I was like, it's not the worst. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's real bad. It To me, uh-huh. best chance sounds exactly like what the band is. Uh, generic classic rock with generic alt rock like the worst qualities of those are on so that's how i felt about everything pretty much else everything else except for uh aria or argo which is like that's the only good song yeah, it's a good song because there's no vocals on it there's no blues riffs no it, it's it's a classically influenced guitar centric instrumental so it's like if you if you've heard any kind of neoclassical it's like that but less Widly Widly solos. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, this is clearly like they listen to Bach and now they want to do this. It's cool. Um, but everything else. Everything else, like you said earlier, it is a band that has never like dwelled on the past or like blues music or classic rock riffs. And somehow this is the most dated. Yeah. Like 
turn my back on the sun. It's just oh, boring it's beach boys. Bland. Fucking bland. Um, which one did? Like another problematic thing is they have a song called the whole new thing. Oh my God. And there's nothing new about it. You can't call a song a whole new thing and sound so dated. So at a certain point I wrote like, like, okay, starting to see how this might not be a great album. And I was like, no, no, this really sucks. And then that song came on and it enraged me because it's like miserable, retired dad, rock, dad, yes. rock and roll. It's like the shit that your your you know, 55 year old dad plays in his garage after you went to college. Like that's, it's really fucking upsetting. And I, the song of mine exclusively. The first time I heard it, I was like, this fucking blows. And I got mad and I wrote down this song blows. Yeah. And then I listened to it again, like the next day. And I was like, and I thought in my head, I was like, man, this song really blows. And I checked and it was mine. Like yeah. this song just, it just blows. It's awful. It's, <laughs> you know what song offended me the most though? What's that? Love Revolution. Interesting. Interesting. That, that one offended you the most. That one offended me the most. Uh, I wrote down that it should be illegal for white people to make funk music. It is a awful six minutes long, but, uh, bands like average white band and Menahan street orchestra, who was Charles Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. Are white people and they make good funk music. He, you can't you can't say white people can't make funk music. You can't do that. No, because no, 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 no. Some, but, but 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 after this song, if this was the sole representation, if this was, that would be a disgrace. But here's here's the thing where I'm gonna poke holes. I'm gonna cross examine you, right? Okay. Because that song was like, okay, that's long. It's funky. It's terrible. All right. It's not the worst song I've heard, but still. But then I thought about <laughs> the Smiths. That funky song on that was it was it fucking meet his murder. That one works for me. And I thought about how much I hated that song and how like they're both long. They're both too long. They're both very funky. They're both a bunch of fucking white people have no business playing this kind of funk. And I prefer this song over that one. Oh, I think the Smiths one just comes across. Also, I didn't know I was going to compare the Smiths. I know. Sorry, <laughs> um, I think the Smiths one, this comes across as more genuine, more authentic. I just think it's a better song yeah. where Another annoying thing is the fucking li- like, it's just like, come on, like shake your ass. Like, it's really, it's really bad. The lyrics it's really, super really bad. fuck it over. Yeah. And it, it's also, it's also strangely long on an album full of short songs. Mm-hmm. And also it's the only funk thing on this entire, it entire career. It out like <laughs> a sore thumb. It is a sore thumb. Um, yeah, this. Uh, do you want to make it? Do you want to make it? Hey, Alex, you want to make it? I don't. Don't I- want to make it, dude. That song fucking sucks. Everything spacey or strange. First of all, everything good nothing, about third yeah. is gone. Yeah, nothing. Gone. Even everything good about number one, number one record in it, Radio City. Like the the writing and presentation of this is similar to those albums in a way, except missing anything substantial. In terms of writing or in terms of like, oh, that, that haven't done that before. Everything here has been done by people who suck. That's yeah. how bad this is. But I thought best case scenario, it would be like uh, ELO, like their, the later the, albums, yeah. which weren't that bad, especially yeah. the last ELO album mm-hmm. was pretty good. Yeah, I thought that's what, you know, very art, uh, their artistic yeah. integrity has been kept intact. Yeah. And this should be yeah. smooth sailing. It is not smooth <laughs> no. sailing. Like the first two songs made me think like this could have been good. Mm-hmm. It couldn't, it, was, it wasn't gonna be their best. It wasn't gonna be fucking this crazy experimental sure. ambitious thing. But it could have been good. Yeah, and it could have been passable. Yeah. It could have been passable. And also uh, a thing that kind of gave away uh this album giving away its hand was is was how hard it is to find. Like you're not trying to bury something that you're at least a little proud of. Some bands. So, well, there's hard to find stuff that's really good. Like X's. Uh, oh fuck! Wild Gift. Now nah, oh, that's the second album. That's oh, the second fuck. album. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh, it's not Wild Gift. <laughs> X's last album. Uh, hey Zeus. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not the last album because they released a new album. Uh, Fucking assholes. But uh, <laughs> the last album before they broke up. Uh, that's hard to find. That's a good album. Yeah. There, there are exceptions. This one, they, no one, no one talking about this one. Nor should they. Nor should they. No, or should we really, but that's uh, our thing. We, we've, 
It's been a while since we covered some really horrendous. Like last episode, Eclipse's last time was pretty rough, but like this it, is that one that's kind of went by. This was like this was torture on the soul. This is pretty bad. This one, this is this is the real Holocaust. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. It's not as bad, but it's close to being as bad as the Moody Blues' Christmas album. I also got flashbacks yeah, to that. Right? I'm glad you did as well. It's not. It's not good. It's just. Well, no one asked for this album. Well, they did literally ask for this I album. I think people did, but... But, but consider, like, content-wise, for this style, no one asked for this type of album. Yeah, I think this the... I'm just going to repeat it. I think that's the most frustrating thing is that they never, like, dwelled on standard classic rock riffs yeah. or blues riffs. And this album is just... It's just that. Jam-packed. Yeah. And again, once, in, once again, another misleading thing with the first two tracks is you think they're going to be like, oh, this doesn't sound like anything derivative mm. of classic rock. And then almost immediately after just the whole album. So I will say you're not going to find this album <laughs> unless you fucking go out of your way and don't go out of your way to find this album. Listen to Donnie, listen to Lady Sweet and listen to Aria Argo. Those are three good songs. Yeah. Yeah. If you're morbidly curious, yeah. only listen to those three yeah. songs. They would be on the playlist if this was available. If but it's it was not, streaming. So. Um, yeah. And so like they, you know, what was this? Oh, two. Oh, five. Oh, five. Yeah. And yeah, they kept touring, doing shows. Uh, Chilton died of a heart attack in 2010. Heart attack. What was he? He was like 59, right? He wasn't old. No, no. And then that's fucking tragic. And then continuing the unluckiest ban in the world trend. Four months later, uh, Hummel died of cancer. Oh man, good lord! What an unlucky ban. So yeah, it's just Jody's the last one left standing, and um, he would tour with the the guys they recruited for for this album in mm-hmm. the the '90s 2000 lineup. They would tour as big star third. Or third big star because it's the mm-hmm. third incarnation. Uh, that's a little misleading. People are going to thinking we're going to go in thinking that they're going to play third. They did. They did. Yeah, they would. Okay. Do, yeah, but obviously it's not Chilton. I mean, doing it's, it. yeah, yeah. It's, it's what we're there for, buddy. I, I wonder if it was good. I, that's a good question. I believe there's live albums and DVDs of yeah. them doing it. So uh, that's another funny thing is like how if you go to their Apple Music page, there are tons of just best ofs and live albums and, and outtakes and demo, but still no in space, still no final album. Yeah. Still that not is there. interesting, yeah. especially for a band that only before in space only had like three proper yeah. Yeah. albums. Um, but yeah, definitely worth seeking out, worth listening to uh, one of the most underrated classic rock yeah. bands. Yeah. Underappreciated. Sad sad yeah i mean there's a they don't do documentaries about bands that are happy so yeah or anything that's happy yeah i think that's how i heard about the band was i watched the documentary Mm -hmm. and so i want to watch that now yeah i wish it wasn't like so long ago Mm -hmm. uh it might make me cry though so who knows but let us do a little recap all right Best number one record, personal favorite, third, sister lovers, whatever you want to call it. Worst, least favorite in space. I am almost exactly the same as Alex, but a little, little flipped at his number one record, personal favorite, at third best. And in space is the worst. In space is uh, like I almost didn't want like it's sort of you go in like I don't want to give it worst. Everyone hates this, mm-hmm. but there's a reason. There's yes. a goddamn reason unfortunately but thank you so much for listening and watching uh, if you want to support us which i'm sure you do at this point you can uh, subscribe on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify uh fucking wherever uh share clips you know we post a lot of things and stuff and, and you know follow me on instagram at pope joseph ventura and alex at mother puncture uh stay up to date with all the artists that we're currently covering you know before the episodes come out send us dms emails all that and uh, if you want to email us you can send a all that to every album ever at gmail.com Spotify playlist in the description of wherever you're listening or watching as always. And with all that out of the way, Alex, what are we listening to? Well, we played a lot of Holocaust. We did. 
I think I'm going to send listeners on their way with uh, a, a still somber song, but a better note to leave on. Uh, this is Take Care. All right, thanks so much for listening, everybody. See ya! Thank you.